What is the secret to becoming a celebrity chef? Chef David Rose flew out from Atlanta all the way to Del Mar to our Bet on Barbecue Championship to share with us his secrets of how he became a celebrity chef and why he does what he does. You're listening to Digital Hospitality, the podcast where we help business owners develop a mobile-first internet strategy by sharing stories of innovative brands and personalities who are outranking the competition in search results. For fans of the Behind the Smoke podcast, this was a very special episode because Derek Marceau, my former co-host, was able to interview Chef David Rose with me live from Del Mar at our Bet on Barbecue championship. We loaded in all the Kansas City Barbecue Society teams on Saturday, the day of the Pacific Classic, and that was the day that Chef David Rose came. It was a live recording, and he shared his secrets to becoming a celebrity chef and brand ambassador. Hope you enjoy this episode. Remember, if we can't tag you, we can't pimp you. Welcome to Digital Hospitality. My name is Sean Walcheff. This is a Cali BBQ Media podcast, and we have a very special episode because we are here with a person we all love, Derek Marceau, my Behind the Smoke podcast co-host um, for this very special episode that we're recording at the Del Mar Races, Bet on Barbecue Weekend, day before uh, our fourth annual event. Welcome, Derek. Deja vu. Deja vu. It's like riding a bike. <laughs> Dude, it feels like we just did this. <laughs> Pretty, just last year. Yeah, literally. Exactly. Yeah. At this exact spot. It's, um, it's beautiful, man. I, I really, really, really can't say enough about this venue. With the more we come here... The, the people that work here, Craig Dato, Chris Barr, the, the people that we get to, to work with and throw this event, it makes it exciting for us and it allows us to, to do what we do best. You know, they, they do what they do best and they allow us to do what we do, do best. And I think it's a great partnership that we came up with four years ago. Yeah, it's something incredible. We're here at Del Mar, California. We have the Pacific Ocean, probably what a seven iron, maybe maybe your seven iron. You can get to the. Oh, to the I, ocean. I, I can hit a pitching wedge over there. Boy. <laughs> well, hold on, last time some competition. Who's <laughs> the better club golfer here? Let uh, me know. Derek, yeah, Derek, be honest. Derek by far is better. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, today's very special because all the way from ATL, we have Chef David Rose, What's uh, going on, big on, green egg David? ambassador, and. Um, now a close friend after uh, Brian from Hot Sauces and More, he, uh, him is along with Sierra Select and Big Green Egg, they brought Chef David Rose out for San Diego Egg Fest. I hear that California might be somewhere that you might want to reside at some point. So we got we got to do. It's it's very tempting. I'm out here a lot in LA, <laughs> right? And now San Diego apparently barbecue and grilling. So right. I don't know. It's looking pretty uh pretty tempting. Looking pretty good right now. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so much for for coming out to our event. You know, like Sean me. said, it's uh it's cool to be able to throw these events and and do this. And you know, we're just thrilled that people like you keep putting out the positivity of barbecue, uh, shine a positive light because that's truly what we try to exude is, is, you know, it's so easy to be negative sometimes and just put out that positivity, uplift, tell people what we're doing, how we're doing it, why we're doing it and get people vested in, in, in barbecue. Cause it's something that everybody can do. If you have a grill, well, look, if you have fire and you have wood, you can fucking grill, right? So get out and do it, try experience, you know, do the experiments and, uh, 
understand that you're going to fail sometimes and some of your products going to come out pretty bad. But when it, <laughs> when it turns out good, man, it's there's uh, nothing more rewarding. True 100%. story. No true words could have been spoken, my friend. I, I agree. I think one of the most important things is, you know, in order to put on events, you have to have sponsors and we have to have incredible people that back you know, what our vision is to put this event on. And, you know, four years into it, like I said, we had to convince Delmar Thoroughbred Club and Craig Dato and Chris Barr, uh, Walker McBride, we had to convince them that it was a good idea to let a bunch of professional barbecue teams load in on the million dollar horse race. Um, it's a logistical, lots of moving parts, but they bought into it. And then we had U.S. Foods, who's, um, you know, at Cali Comfort, they're our primary vendor. They bought in as partners and Big Green Egg, of course, and Hot Sauces and more. And, you know, really one of the things that we've found, you know, Brian Bushfield from Hot Sauces and more, he's one of the people that not only has participated in, in the events, but as he owns a hot sauce uh, business as yeah. well as sells Big Green Eggs, he's bought into what we're trying to accomplish. And because he's done that, he's brought out people like you. And the first time we met you, um, you know, Derek and I have been doing this for a long time and celebrity chef sometimes um that might come with a lot of baggage to be frankly honest you know this is behind the smoke so i'm not bullshitting you preach yeah i only want red skittles i mean he was he was open for having any color separate bowls separate skittles 100 percent. so well let's uh, let's dig into your background now tell us uh how how does one become a celebrity chef um First off, I don't I don't acknowledge myself as a celebrity well, chef. Well, according to this poster, <laughs> according to this poster, we're pimping you as a celebrity chef. So. Hey, you know, man, I, I truly think as far as as my journey, how I kind of ended up where I'm at, um, I've always kind of been a gregarious person. My dad, one of the nicest guys in the world, I've probably seen him mad for a split second my entire life and it was probably something I did to kind of bring that on um, so I'm definitely my dad in that regards whatever I do whatever I put my heart into I give 110% and as you know me being a chef it's something that I, I love to spread happiness. I love to spread good vibes. And I really, truly believe, as cheesy as it may sound, whatever you put in the universe, you get back sure. tenfold. So whatever I do, I always do my best. So I just think, you know, that happiness, uh, that pride in my work, that passion is contagious. And I guess that kind of led me to the, I guess, celebrity chef moniker. But I'm all about the people. I'm a man of the people. I love meeting people, spreading happiness through food. Um, cracking jokes, talking smack, you know, hanging with you guys. And um, I just think, you know, if you put, you know, 110%, whatever you do, the universe will eventually recognize that and reward you, you know? <laughs> You're talking about how it might be cheesy with those sayings, but I think the older I get, uh, the more I realize all those things yeah, make a lot of sense. Because Because I, I do the same thing, right? Where I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, you know, you get what you put in and all this yeah. stuff. And I'm like, Man, there's really something to be said with that. Like, like, I, I really, really, truly believe that, and it's everything seems to work itself out. Yeah. And if you're just being a positive person and doing positive things, exactly, things fall into place, man. They really do, and you can do what you love. Yeah. If you do it positively, mm. things will work themselves out. They yeah. really do, and you'll find yourself just doing, like you said, like what you love. Yes. You get to do it all the time. Get to be around people. Exactly. And it's the same thing, man. We get to joke, bullshit, and yeah. and, and talk shit, and do our, yeah. all our thing, and, and have fun at the same exactly. time. It's it's, uh, it's it's a glorious thing. I'm I'm excited to be a part of this West Coast barbecue mm -hmm. movement with Sean. And uh, it's just, it's, it's a cool thing. So when did you fall in love with not just food? Because mm -hmm. I know you have a deep culinary background with both yeah. your, mo your mother and your father. And you come yeah. from a big family. But yes. when did you fall in love with food in 
I can actually do this for a living. Huh. When did that click? Um, that's a good question. I've been in the, the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, as long as I can remember. One of my first jobs was at the Howard jo- Howard Johnson Hotel. How old? In, huh? How old were you? How old? I was 13. Wow. Jeez, I, I love it. I was working there illegally. I might have been. That's how, that's how we hotel, roll in the restaurant the business. Let's be serious. So, no repercussions. <laughs> but I thought I'd be 13. I was doing room service. I was a busboy, barback dishwasher, food runner. So just, you know, I've done every, you know, every single position from that to server to bartender to chef. And, you know, I knew very early on, I love cooking, but like the owning a restaurant, uh, the, the late grinds, you have early mornings, late nights, um, no weekends, no social life. Even though I loved cooking, for me, that particular path was not for me. Uh, so I set out to kind of do my own thing, kind of formulate my own niche where I love cigars. I love grilling. I love motorcycles. I love, you know, all these different passions and hobbies. And I found a way to kind of bring it all together, make it super duper organic and just, you know, make a career out of it. And there was no template. There was no formula. There was no blueprint before me. So was, a lot of it was trial and error, yeah. sure. a lot of failing. But in that failing, you learn. You learn from those mistakes and you kind of adapt and adjust and evolve. And um, I think, you know, just me doing that first year out of culinary school as a, uh, a line cook at the uh, the Four Seasons Hotel, it kind of showed me there's definitely money in the business, but I'm a very free spirit. And I'm going to do something. Sure. I got to do it my way. You know, I don't know about you guys. You guys seem this like there's some like, pretty big. Like our way. It's the table, <laughs> table of Mavericks right. right here at this table. Uh, uh, so from there, I was like, you know, I'd rather do it my way than than and fail. Sure. Than do it somebody else's way and just kind of be mediocre. Like I, I piss excellence. You guys piss excellence. And whatever I do, I'm going to give it 110 percent. And I've been fortunate that it's caught on uh, after a while. And, you know, brought me here. So was there a special, I'm a happy dude. Was there a special moment where you're going from a line cook yeah. to okay, I want to do something bigger. I want to be a personality. I want to get, you know, do an audition. Yeah. Is there something that happened along the way or someone that maybe inspired you to, hey, maybe you should do that? Yes. And actually it wasn't food related at all. I ride a Harley. Uh, huge biker. I love Street glide, rogue glide. Um, Harley Davidson. Okay. Uh, it is a 2010 Fat Boy Low, fully matte black, old school kind of, you know, 1950s rocker, bobbed out, big old ape hangers. There you go. Fishtails, matte, matte, matte black. And I had a chance encounter with the, um, the head of marketing for Harley Davidson. And at the time, it was 2012. They were doing... Just kicked off a campaign. It was called Iron Elite, where they were celebrating African-American riders and Harley-Davidson history. And I told him, you know, it would be a, a huge, you know, uh, disservice for you to not come to Atlanta and take advantage of the the black African-American, you know, biker society. And from there, they filmed there, uh, did some stuff with them. They filmed us riding from Atlanta to Daytona. And I did a series of three videos and they made a commemorative patch or they used a picture of me on my bike. And then from there, I guess I kind of went on tour, different dealerships doing that. And then I was like, you know, this is pretty cool. Let me find a way of incorporating food, grilling and, you know, big green eggs into this. So from there, these events, I'd show up and I'd also grill and barbecue and smoke and kind of worked up steam from there and uh, just started capturing content. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I don't know nothing about production, camera work, editing. When I took out a loan, 
Mm-hmm. Hired a bunch of camera workers, a bunch of editors, a bunch of filmographers, videographers, and just started capturing content. A lot of it, looking back now, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> but by trial and error, you know, I found that it, it ignited a spark in me. Uh, where it was nothing that was done before, but it was something I kind of wanted to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. And I just was hooked from that point on. And then from there, Food Network star, working with Nissan, uh, Steve Harvey's show, filming with CBS, being here with you guys. And it was a natural evolution where I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I knew that there was something there that I needed to pursue. And uh, I'm glad I did, you know? You knew you wanted to keep doing it. I know I wanted to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell it was, but I knew it felt good. You can incorporate all the things you love. Exactly. And, you know, you're going to win. Yeah. It's a, it's a win yep. at life, right? Yep. And I sit back now at this day of my life, you know, I'm like, how the hell did I get here? But I just know that I just kept pushing forward. I didn't know where that road would bring me, but I just kept persevering. And um, I'm blessed. I'm thankful. That Food Network, was that really the aha moment where, like, things blew up for you? Yes. And how, did, take us back mm-hmm. to, to auditioning. How did you find out about it? Yes, like yes, the, yes. The whole audition um, tape, all of that. Yeah, uh, through this self-produced content, which mm-hmm. was pretty crazy <laughs> off the wall. There was no direction. Looking back now, it was horrible. But you know, it's not the end of that. Look cool. It was like motorcycles, helicopters, helicopters, bunch of cool like like, like a, a Michael, P- like a P. Michael Diddy Bay video movie. <laughs> slash P. Diddy movie. I, it looked cool. You know, nice. I caught the attention of a producer at Food Network, and we talked. They love me as a personality. Like, you know what? We love you. We want to do something with you, but we don't know exactly what to do with you but how do you feel about doing food network star and i don't know if you guys watch reality tv um you pretty much give them free reign to do whatever they want yes. with your likeness and but you know something told me it's like do it so i jumped on there did it met some lifelong friends love bobby love giada bobby's a hip-hop head from New York, so one of the nicest guys, talented, down to earth, got some really lifelong career lessons from Bobby. Um, and out of 13 finalists, I finished six. And how else did I get eliminated by Bobby Flay? We cooked off head to head. I made shrimp and grits. They say he won, but I don't know. You Bobby, don't know. Be listening. check the tapes. I'm, I'm waiting for that rematch. Rewind. Right. But um, from there, man, I didn't win. But like, it's been like a roller coaster ride where I've just been like, you know, on fire, and just stuff I would have dreamed of doing years back. I'm actually in the middle of it, you know. Like out of on my uh, bucket list, I was thinking about, you know, I wrote down Steve Harvey Show, Today Show, um, CNN, and I've done so many of these shows, and it's like a surreal moment where I'm there and just knowing that even though you weren't comfortable or 110% sure at that moment, that inert kind of, you know, urging that's inside of you, that's pushing you, do it, do it, do it. And you look back like, you know what? I'm glad I did it. I'm sure, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are out there that listen, that watch, you yeah. know, that follow and they have a dream. They want, mm-hmm. you know, they want to be on Food Network and, yeah. you know, what kind of, were you scared? Um, like, I don't say I was scared. I'm a very, um, very much a uh, uh, overt kind of extrovert kind of person. <laughs> I'm out there. I love people talking to people. I wasn't scared, but there's definitely some level of nerves yeah. where you see these people on TV. You've watched him, you know, 10, 20 years. Bobby Flair. I remember one of the first shows I watched on Food Network was uh, Boy Meets Girl, Grill yeah. mm-hmm. on Food Network and also Emerald. And just kind of like, you know, looking at those guys, kind of looking up as sort of a template or a roadmap for I'm trying to go. So it's intimidating mm-hmm. and there's nerves, but I wasn't scared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the coolest things for us is, you know, seeing Barbecue Brawl and yeah. Bobby Flay, yeah. you know, seeing the reality 
shows are yeah. really highlighting barbecue, yes. you know, barbecue specifically. A- Amy Mills being on there. She's from 17th Street Barbecue. I We've had it. her on the Behind the Smoke yeah. podcast. Mo Kason's also mm-hmm. on there. We've had him on, you know, people that are really barbecue family tied oh, yeah. into the barbecue community. What, uh, how do you see, you know, the next generation of barbecue personalities? Um, how do you see that happening, you know, as far as media goes? Um, I definitely think that, you know, as far as grilling, smoking, barbecue, it's probably, that's not probably, it is the first way man learned how to cook. Fire, meat, over the fire, boom. Um, but I do love seeing how technology and gadgets is kind of, you know, taking a place in there where you have like the different probes and, you know, sous vide methods, reverse grilling, all the different grills and accessories. Um, I, I now see a lot more, you know, I'd say fine dining chefs or like classically trained chefs now dabbling and now opening up barbecue restaurants. Case in point, Michael Simon just opened up a restaurant that hurts really, really good yep. in Vegas. And I like to see that, you know, barbecue's kind of been a unsung hero for a lot of you know history where it's sure. great food, phenomenal food, but kind of considered as lowbrow. Sure. You know, but I like seeing that it's coming out more on the forefront where you now have um, uh, different spots that are now Michael Mina, Michael Mina, and Aisha Curry, winners yep. that are that are Q masters, and that's unreal. 10, 20 years ago, you would never think of a barbecue grill master or a pit master being James Beard nominated, and now it's happening more and more and more, and Food Network's pushing it out. They're kind of seeing that kind of you know. Evolution and I love it. I'm all about it. No, it's amazing. You get to see all the different variations of what people are doing and how it's transpiring. Because yeah. I mean, it used to be, you know, you'd cook big roasts for big families mm-hmm. and it'd be a low income uh, people that are, are cooking for, for big families. Exactly. And now you're getting, you know, Wagyu briskets from yeah. Snake River Farms that are fucking $200, $300. Exactly. And, 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 you know, you're, you're being so delicate with it yeah. and it's a delicacy and, mm-hmm. you know, creating burnt ends out of that, that yeah. are, I mean, I mean, some of these A5 Wagyu briskets yeah. that are coming out are just like, oh my Phenomenal. God, man, Phenomenal. I can't. And, it, and you're starting to see people that are classically trained. Yeah. Like, oh, I think we can do something with that. I think yes. we, we can do it and we can actually make something of this. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see the progression. It's really cool to see everyone kind of saying, okay, let's, this is, like you said, first thing, yeah. fire and wood, yeah. that, that's how we made it. it. And everyone yeah. can do it. And, and now people are really, really starting to, to see that it's it's good. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, you can grill, you can do all that stuff. Exactly. And it's, uh, it's for everybody. It's not, everybody. it's not just for any type of fan. It's for everyone. Yeah. Everyone can do it. Is there a reason you fell in love with motorcycles? Um, I think it was kind of in the blood. My great uncle rode motorcycles. My dad rode motorcycles. I'm very much a thrill seeker. Um, I'm kind of the wild child. Out of eight kids, I'm the last. <laughs> really? Last? That rides motorcycles, wow. works out, you know. And uh, I just always love adventure. I always love seeking the thrill. And I'm like, you know, hey. You got, you got one life. I don't know what's waiting for me on the other side. Hopefully, Pearly Gates. Right. It might be fire. I don't know. I'm hoping for the first thing. But um, while I'm here, I'm going to I'm gonna ride this this ride we call life till the wheels fall off, you know? Motorcycles are fun, man. They're I've great. had them for my whole life as well. And, you know, getting... I think I'm going to get back on. I'm probably going to get a street glide. Yeah. Um, do You do run that by thing. the wife? I did. She actually... Uh, <laughs> she if, did, if you're listening, yeah, call she, in. <laughs> she, did, she didn't want me to have one early. Yeah. Now, I think, you know, traveling to La Jolla, uh-huh. I can cut through traffic a little bit easier. Yeah. So uh, you, how, my, how nimble you'd be cutting through traffic. Speaking of oh. cutting off traffic, yeah. I love to ride. I'm a comfortable rider, but you guys are a special kind of crazy. With that, <laughs> that, that lane splitting, I don't trust yeah. nobody that much. Hey. 
well to the no. No. It's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, you just uh, make sure that you've got uh, some nice pipes on the bike so they, uh, can, they can hear you coming, and they, they usually get out of the way. They usually okay, get out right, of the way. Right. It's, uh, but, I mean, literally from my house in Humul to La Jolla, yeah. if I take my car, sometimes the traffic, it can be an hour, hour and a half. On a motorcycle, it's going to take me 35 to 45 minutes because I can cut. And I'm, I'm by no means, I'm, I'm not, like, going crazy through the traffic. I'm, yeah. I'm being cautious. But yeah. it really, for me, yeah. I hate not being in control of things. Mm-hmm. And when the variable is traffic and I need to go pick up my kids or I need to go do something, yeah. I can get through it. So the kids ride too? No, I'll drop my truck off at the store in Spring, Spring okay. Valley or my, my, my motorcycle gotcha. off and then take take my gotcha. truck to go pick up the kids. And I don't know but. about you, man. Like, I can have... Uh, a less than phenomenal, less than stellar day, mm-hmm. like, you know, really in the dumps. But if I get on that bike, like, all my worries, all my cares, it just kind of clears your mind. Yeah. So it's a, if one thing you take away, motorcycles are a hell of a lot cheaper than a psychiatrist. Right. And yeah, I true. love it. It's my mistress. It's my release. Right. And it just gives me a quality of life that, you know, I would not have as if I didn't have the motorcycle because it's so freeing and liberating for me. Do you, you know? go on long rides ever or you do more yeah, of a yeah, city yeah. ride? I ride that bike everywhere. Yeah. Um, I have did Miami and back from Atlanta to Miami and back in 36 hours. I'm always up in the Georgia mountains. I've done Mississippi. I've done Tennessee. I've done North Carolina, South Carolina. So I'm right there with you. Street glide, road glide. I'm going to do the coast to coast ride, Atlanta yeah. to LA. There you go. Back for the next two years. Don't forget San Diego. Oh. You, can quote, you better come San, back. Of course, come on you're now. Getting LA, you better come too. on down the, down, down yeah. the road. Yeah. All up and down. All up and down. Well, you know, these new motors now and the six speeds that they mm-hmm. have in them, you know, I used to drive shit, an old 88 and yeah. then went to the 96 and then the 103. Some of these uh, SVO motors out there now, I mean, mm-hmm. shit, stock that are coming yeah. out with 130 horsepower. Oh, yeah, on my 96, I put a turbo on it mm-hmm. and that got up to 147 on the dyno. Yeah. And that was like unheard of. Yeah. Now you can make that horsepower no problem. Exactly. And it's smooth. Yep. You know, it's a, uh, it's a great horsepower, especially, you know, bigger guys. It's mm-hmm. to move us around. Sometimes it takes uh, a little <laughs> bit more. So, you right. know, and I, I'm, I'm a speed junkie as well. So I, I like to get, get going sometimes and yeah. with those street glides with the exactly. nice it's 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 fun and i'm it's a speed fun. junkie also i think that's why i opted for a harley right because you could only go so fast in a harley yeah. you know so those speed bikes those sport bikes i know myself too well to know what i do on one of those so scale it back you, you know? have to you have <laughs> yeah when i was so i went to college out in kansas and mm-hmm. my freshman year my buddy jerry tongi yeah. had a uh crotch rocket yeah <laughs> he got he got picked up by, I love um, that name, by the way the, the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. He got yeah. picked up by the Falcons. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, you can ride the bike while I'm gone. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna come back and get it in six months." Yeah, I would go from Manhattan, Kansas, to Topeka, which is like a uh, you said Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, okay, not not right. New York. Okay, I'm like, damn, yeah. cross rocket. Yeah, we uh, we'd go from there to Topeka, which mm-hmm. is about a hour. Yeah. Uh, drive. Okay. And I'll get there like in 25 minutes. <laughs> and no helmet. Right? Just an 18 year old, just so stupid. There's no helmet laws in Kansas. Wow. I mean, I'll be doing wheelies. Yeah. And it's like, that, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. That's so I know I can you never. You give your guardian angel a raise. Yeah. Cause. I can never <laughs> yeah. own them again. Yeah. Because I know, same way, myself, I just. Mm-hmm. 
can't can't do it. I know I know what I'm good at, and yeah. uh, I'm not good at controlling myself on bikes that go Ex- roll real fast. Exactly. I'm a I'm a real big person that's big on nostalgia, and like you know, nothing more classic, nothing mm-hmm. more epic. I'm an '80s baby, so like you know, seeing like Terminator, elder millennial. Yeah. You're fringe. What am I? I'm what a fringe. I'm a fringe millennial okay, too. Okay, so you're right yeah. there with me. So. 2000. Yeah. I graduated high school. Yeah, me so too. I'm a Y2K baby. Yeah. yeah. Same here. Right? Same here. The world ended in 2000. It, it did, but yeah. nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> wait, okay. We're millennials, but we're not. Yeah. We're kind of just a little bit on the fringe. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, seeing that, you know, Terminator, Terminator and Easy Rider, like, you know, that that definitive noise that a Harley makes, the boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. Like, I'm all about that V2 mm-hmm. engine sound, man. I love it. I it's, love my bike. I mean, I, even when I hear them, I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll try to pick out what it is. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's going to be, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah. an old, uh, that's an 88. Exactly. That's going to be, you know, I'll, I'll try to pick out what motor it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Do you have uh, buddies out there that you ride with? Yeah, I used to ride at the bike club, actually. Uh, shout out to Ironbread Bike Club. Uh, we ride um, Metrics, Harleys, and Cruisers. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he wrote. And it was like highly customized, like to be a part of the club. You have to have a customized motorcycle, and they kind of got me real big in the customization of the motorcycle. You've seen some of these now, man. They got like yeah. 26, 28 inch front wheels and stuff, and you, and, and you can't crazy. ride on no. that, man. That, it's a beautiful show bike, but it's yeah. like practical riding. You ain't nah, getting too far. No, that's a bar hopper. You got a system on it? <laughs> no. Fat boy, just bone bone stock as far as the uh, the music on there, audio, yeah. just the uh, the ape hangers, fish tails. I got the Road King set up. Uh, a couple uh, Arlen sand, you know, kind of accessories. Sure, I love it. Yeah, it's, I love it. Like you said, it is. It's just something about it that's just extremely yeah. liberating. Exactly. It just kind of allows you to yeah. be in your yeah. in your own and, and do your thing. And yeah. No one can be bugging you. You're not exactly. reading a text message. You're not getting a phone yeah. call. You're just you're going. You're you're one with that road. And yeah. You just figure out. You know, I don't even know where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Like, just get out there. But so babe, where are you going? Like, yeah. I don't know. Exactly. But I'm gonna go. And before and you I'm know, probably gonna go fast. Before you know, two three hours are gone. I don't know what birds feel like when they're flying. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure riding a motorcycle is the closest thing to it. Absolutely. What, what about you, Sean? What are you riding on? Do you ride? I uh, don't ride. Okay, no, I'll we, kill myself. I I rode I rode I rode a scooter in Uruguay and I almost I almost killed myself. In front of a double decker bus. Okay, you got you got to tell me this. Yeah, it was, story it was bad. Okay. It was seriously bad. From I beginning went, to end. What happened? Well, I went there with uh, Corey yeah. and Steggy from mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. Um, we went down there. We were down in Argentina. They were out there traveling, and yeah. I went. We're like, let's go to Uruguay. So uh-huh. we went to Uruguay. Of course, a yeah. couple of Americans, you know, stick out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. We went to the little scooter shop. Uh-huh. We're like, oh, this is gonna be great. We're gonna smash all over the island. I'm like. I am fucking terrible <laughs> on a bike, any kind of bike. I mean, I'm uh-huh. surprised I can ride a regular bicycle. Uh-huh. But we get there, yeah. this uh, the owner of the shop, he basically is telling us in Spanish uh-huh. that he won't let he won't rent us the bicycles. And of, I, I didn't speak Spanish well <laughs> enough to know what he was saying, but I know he was angry. Yeah. Like, whatever, whatever, here's our credit uh-huh. card, we're gonna pay for it. And literally, I get right on the bike, mm-hmm. floor it, yeah. right out of the shop, off the sidewalk, in uh-huh. front of the double decker bus that's yeah. literally coming to uh, bring more Americans uh-huh. and almost killed me. Crash right in front of the hotel lobby. Later that night, we were out uh, at the bar. Yeah, this guy and his daughter, who had come to Uruguay, uh-huh. they're like, "Oh my God, are you the, are you the person that almost killed wow. themselves on the scooter?" They're like, I was so embarrassed for Americans. Why, uh-huh. why the fuck did you do that? And I was like, "Come on." <laughs> We gotta deport you now. Well, the right. best the, the, be, <laughs> the best part now. is the on on the hel- on the helmets that uh-huh. said winner. 
Yeah. It said winner on the helmets. Okay. It wasn't a winner. No. I was definitely not a winner that you, day. You want me to tell you where you went wrong? <laughs> Please tell me. Besides by, getting on the bike? By riding a scooter. Yeah. <laughs> by riding a scooter. <laughs> yeah, so forget about forget about the motorcycle. I can't even yeah. ride a fucking scooter. Are we going to help you out, brother? All right, are you, you, are you open? Out. Are you willing to, to give it a try? Uh, that has to be discussed with uh, with my Bulgarian wife. Okay, all right. And she actually, she uh, can ride. So she could ride better than I what's can. What's her name? Her name's Rosica. Rosica. Rosica, if you're listening, we're taking Sean on a ride. It's cool. We're, we're pros right here. Me and Derek, so don't worry about it. We got you. Perfect. When was the yeah. first time you rode? First time I rode, I was 18. My cousin, uh, they rode sport bikes. Okay. It was a uh, was a Ninja. Yep. Yeah, Ninja. I don't remember the uh, the CCs on it. Six hundred. Yeah, probably. Old, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Old six hundred. Bright green and red, yeah. the ugliest paint <laughs> job. But I just I was hooked, man. That speed, the way it responded. To yeah. the throttle being twisted, like you oh, know, when you hit that power band on those sometimes, yeah, you get that power band on it, yeah. like yeah. and you start you're like, oh yeah. shit, it kind of lifted up, yeah, with a mini wheelie. I was, I was done. See, I was, I was, uh, done. I was riding when I was god eight, huh? Eight, eight. dirt bikes, yeah, yeah. Eight, ten years old, uh-huh. something like that. Quads, dirt bikes, yeah. and everything like that. And yeah. we had houses in Mexico. and We'd go uh-huh. down there and ride, and I mean, so it was just always. And then we would. You know, get dirt bikes when we were, you know, 16, 17, yeah. and we'd ride through neighborhoods yeah. and people's yards and yeah. shit. And you know, <laughs> just being, oh, like two strokes, like, like jumping, just being complete assholes. Yeah, you know, so it's, funny. uh, and then again, once that, once that was over, and I realized uh-huh. I, uh, I'm blowing too many top ends on these. I'm a little yeah. bit too big for these, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, these yeah. bikes. I probably yeah. need to get something a little bit bigger. Yeah. Ended up getting, uh, the, the Harley and get there into you that. Go, and man. that. I, I don't, I'll never leave. That's you can't, uh, you can't beat it. That is it, man. You can't beat it. So you're gonna work on you, bro. Yeah, okay, we're, we're, we're gonna work on you. Work on you. So uh, one of the things we talked about on Behind the Smoke, which is something that we want to continue to talk about, is 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 failure. You know, a lot of people, it's easy to go. You know, it's not easy. It's fucking hard work, but mm-hmm. it's hard to get to a position where people see you on TV, yeah. they see you on Instagram, they see you on Twitter. Like, oh man, Chef David Rose, man, he's fucking killing it. Everything's so easy. And you know, one of the things that Derek and I found talking <laughs> to other people is, you know, there's a lot of fucking dark times and tough times, and a lot of times that people tell you no, yeah. like fuck off, no, you can't do it, or no, yeah. you're not good enough. And yeah. you know, that was one of the things that I love the most about doing behind the smoke. And mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, it was. I got rejected from all three law schools in San Diego that I applied to. I thought I was going to be an attorney. And it was like, they're like, no, fuck you. You're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, I I was able to turn that around. I was able to turn around, you know, a failed business partnership, which is how we started the old podcast. You know, our first 37 episodes was basically a guy telling me I was a no good piece of shit, never worked a day in my life. What kind of things have happened in your past in the media business specifically? Um, Is there any special experience that you kind of changed you um no particular one in um incident in particular but um just a series of nose plethoras like when i was going out case in point going out filming my own content people were looking at it like like, it's cool content but we don't get it yeah and that was just more so me with with a lack of experience me kind of trying to figure out my direction and my sound uh and my voice uh, with with media and my personality, so um, a lot of that I think is just kind of just knowing within yourself what you want to do. And if you look back in history, Albert Einstein, they thought dude was fucking crazy, one of the smartest geniuses in the mm-hmm. world. Um, uh, Bill Gates, um, uh, Steve Jobs, yep. you know the stuff they've created. I think that 
every person of significance, every person of greatness, every innovator, uh, they've had that that stubbornness, that ruggedness, that maverick spirit. We're like, you know, to hell with it. Fuck it, I'm gonna do what I want to do, do it my way. And I think by me being so uncompromising, unwavering, and what I wanted to do and the way I wanted to do it, that hurt me in the beginning. But as time progressed, I could sleep easier and I'm happier. I'm more content because I did it my way. It might have been a longer road to get there. A lot of no's, a hell lot of no's. But I'm happy to where I'm at, where I, I'm, I'm comfortable with knowing what you see on TV, what you see with these different brands and partnerships and different media appearances. It's, it's truly me where I'm not watered down yeah. and compromising who I am, my identity. So just believe in yourself again, you know, not to sound corny or cheesy, but these things are, are real. And there's reasons why right. these things are reiterated over and over time again, you know, and that's if you truly believe in something, you know, do it. It might not be the shortest way to do it it might not be the easiest but you know after time you know you'll wear down the 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 biggest opportunities the biggest challenges just through sheer perseverance i think we're seeing a a shift yeah in in the media nowadays where uh you know let's just say 10 years ago everyone wanted to label you right yeah like you're you're this so you can't be that or you're and you uh, what we're seeing is that people gravitate towards authenticity. Yeah. So if you just, if, if CBS says, okay, you don't fit this mold. Yeah. Well, I, I don't because it's not David Rose. Yes. I'm going to create my own mold. Exactly. I'm going to go here and guess what? People yeah. are going to gravitate towards me exactly. because I'm authentic. Yes. They like it. Yes. And here I am. Yeah. And that's going to have longevity. Yes. Now, why it's gonna have longevity is because you don't have to fake anything. No, you don't have to go somewhere and be like, "Oh shit!" Now I got to put on this per- this personality. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I am who the fuck I am. Yeah, come and come and see me. It doesn't matter. Yeah, if, if you see me eating dinner, this is who I am. Exactly. If you see me out and about, I don't have to lie about anything. Yeah. I don't have to now turn a switch and say, "Okay, now this is this is who yeah. I am." I can just be this all the time. Yeah. And guess what? People are gonna love it. Yeah, if you're true to yourself, people will love it and they'll gravitate towards it. Uh-huh. So kudos to you for doing that because that's that's what people need to hear. Is yeah, it, it's man. guess what? Yeah. It's okay to be you. Yeah. Be it. Exactly. Be the best you can be. Exactly. And own it. Like 110%. Yeah. Dude, if you're, if you're going to like motorcycles, you're going to like to cook, you're going to like tattoos, you're going to like to work out, guess what? They can all coincide. Yeah. And and, and, and it's your brand. Now exactly. it's, it's, it's who you are. Exactly. You made your own brand. Yeah. You don't fit into a mold because yeah. I don't fucking fit in the mold. Yeah. I, I, I am who I, I am. I don't fit in the mold. <laughs> right. I, I, say, I say fuck the mold. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. smash it. Don't label me. Don't <laughs> label know? me. Yeah. I am who I am. Exactly. So kudos to you for, for figuring that out early and, and you know creating your own own path and thank you there's gonna be longevity in that for sure i appreciate that man thank you very much how does a chef that's as busy as you are creating content Mm -hmm. doing sponsored deals going to events how do you make fitness a priority in your life it's just making those sacrifices man just waking up you know super early in the morning you know what time on the road what time probably like you know six seven o'clock or like in between things during the day i have a uh, la fitness um membership um Holler at me if you want an indirect fitness. <laughs> smart, <laughs> but, uh, smart. Yeah. Fitness, you know, membership, and they're everywhere. So, you know, whether it's early, late, you know, if I'm in a hotel, I'll go in there and I'll make something. I'll do push-ups. If I got to do it, it's just making that conscious decision of how important something is to you. And I'm a firm believer when people say I don't have time, that's a cop-out for just not wanting to do something. If right. you want to do something, you'll you want to pursue something, you'll make time. Yeah. yeah. So I make time. That's good. It's That's important. Good. I mean, it's not even good just for your body. It's good for your soul. It's good for... It keeps me centered, man. Yeah, man. It really does. It's, uh, I just... 
finally got back into a, a, a love for working out. I, I took about 10 years off after yeah. football. It just really, every time I'd work out, it just reminded me of football. And I had to get out of my own head. Yeah. So it, it's, it is what it is. But I found a new love that I, I realized I miss when I don't work out, mm-hmm. like something's missing in my day. Like yeah. whether it's the endorphins that you I'm release lost. or whatever, it just something isn't right. Yeah. Like I, I might just need to go take a jog, release some endorphins, exactly. do something. But something's got to happen because I'm a better person. Yeah, my wife <laughs> will tell you too. Like I, when <laughs> like I work, <laughs> right? Yeah, like go to the gym. Go, go, to the gym, go, out of here. go do your yeah. thing. But like I, I have to do it, man, because I. There's so much stress in life, and there's mm-hmm. so much when you can release that yeah. in a positive way. Yes, man, that's that's a recipe for success yeah. for sure. Yeah, get rid of that aggression. You know, just you feel better. You feel centered, and I'm the same exact way. Like you, if I it, miss a day, yeah. I just feel off. I don't feel like myself. You know, and sometimes even when you don't want to do it, you got and then you push yourself to do it. And those are the best you feel, workouts, man. They're the, those are the best, best workouts. And right you're there. done. Yeah. You're like, man, boy, yeah. I just wrecked that. You feel yeah. so much better. Your yeah. attitude, yeah, you're like man, I, this is this is where I need to be. This yeah. is what I needed to do. You know, you got to do it. True story. That's a fact. Get up so. and do it for yeah. sure. That's 100%. Mm-hmm. So we're here. Big Green Egg. You're an ambassador for Big Green Egg. What kind of things? Give us a, you know, a little bit of uh, behind the scenes of what you plan on cooking on the Big Green Egg for uh, the big crowds that are coming out. We have about 3,000 people that are going to be coming out yeah. to the track tomorrow. Yes. Um, it's going to be an incredible all-you-can-eat event. We have barbecue restaurants that have been on Behind mm-hmm. the Smoke. Um, Andy Harris from Grand Old Barbecue, Asado, nice. Brad Cooper from Coops, nice. Corbin, um, who's an absolute incredible character. He did a Ignition remix, barbecue remix. Did you see it? Oh fuck, that was pretty good. That is phenomenal. We'll put yep. that in the show notes because uh, it'll make it'll make your day. Um, to, I in no way endorse R. Kelly, but that was no <laughs> remix. I like that. I enjoyed it. But um, we have Sam, the cooking guy, that's going to come out. He's going to do a demo. Uh, Sterling Ball from Big Papa Smokers. One million. YouTube following one I, million. Wow. So we've had Sam the cooking guy on twice. Yeah, so Sam behind the smoke twice. twice. Nice. Yeah, and he's he's incredible. He's opened up Not Not Tacos, and him and his son, his son Max, they yeah. uh, they've just been growing that YouTube content, and it's That's so impressive awesome. what they've been able to do. Um, but for you. Big green egg. What uh? What, what kind? What kind of? Uh, give me a recipe or something that uh we can we can give to our listeners. Okay. Well, Some, if you guys come tomorrow, is this live? Uh, this isn't live, but it, they're gonna. We're, we'll we'll put the recipe in the show notes, okay. and we'll uh we'll go ahead and let give them give them uh, some tips from Chef okay. David Rose himself. Cool. Well, since you have the recipe, yeah, this is my first annual turf and surf barbecue. Your first one. So I definitely had to do some type of turf and surf dish because. You kind of have to, right? right? Yeah. So the dish I'm doing tomorrow, I call it, I'm from the, the tri-state area, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, and I'm doing a Chinatown Oyster Rockefeller. So I'm kind of oh, taking, wow. you know, the same kind of elements you find in the Oyster Rockefeller, but kind of giving it an Asian spin. Uh, instead of bacon, I'm using Chinese sausage, a little sweeter because of the rice vinegar in there. Instead of the spinach, I'm using Chinese greens, a little bitter, a little sweeter. Um, I'm using crab meat in there as well. I'm using um, gochujang, uh, hollandaise, gochujang hollandaise. I'm using also some QP mayo, nice little umami from that as well. Uh, sriracha, and it's just, you know, the same elements you would find in the bit in the uh, oyster Rockefeller, but kind of owning it, making it your own, taking elements of a dish, and that's why I love cooking. If you have a a template and you have a good solid foundation, you could take that and then kind of you know put a spin on it, your own little twist. And I think with the big green egg, it's just amazing. Where I've done pies, pizzas, cakes, um, pizzas as well, um, roast. 
ribs, steaks, literally everything. I like to call it the the Swiss Army knife yep. of grills, yep. where you can literally, literally cook anything on it, and it's great. And I think with the charbroiled oysters of the Chinatown Oyster Rockefeller, it adds that nice smoke on there. So that's what I'm bringing tomorrow. So if you're here tomorrow, you can check it out, get it. Jeez. If you're not... Go on the uh, the website, the social media, get the recipe, and recreate it yourself. So where do, I people, will be where, where do people find you? Uh, you can find me on the website, ChefDavidRose.com, Instagram, ChefDavidRose, Twitter. Um, I don't use Twitter that much, but ChefDavidRose, and also on Facebook, ChefDavidRose. That's so, fantastic. Uh, just go to the website. You can find the links to all those social media So if there's handles. any if there's any companies that want to book you to have a special event, mm-hmm. um, you can create special events, uh, activation for them? Yeah. Yes, and I do that with Big Green Egg. I do yep. that with Davidoff and Camacho, where cigars are huge in my life. Uh, so what I do with them is I take different cigars out of their portfolios. I smoke it, and I kind of break down the flavor profile, and then I create different cocktail pairings and food pairings. I really? With, yeah. Work with, uh, I can't uh, fucking get a cigar to... <laughs> dude, it stays with me for like fucking yeah. four days. Yeah. Like, I, I want to be able to smoke a cigar and then not wake up the next morning and feel like uh. I just fucking... Well, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right mild. now, sir. Mild. Black and Miles and Philly's uh, <laughs> <laughs> hard cigars, sir. So yeah. it might be this kind of cigar. Yeah, yeah, right? I'm joking, but I'll bring you some stone cigars tomorrow. I would love to. I, if I anything, love... a lemon, a lime, wow. you know, some kind of acid. Okay. You know? Yeah, no, I know. Okay. I, I, I want to smoke cigars, but every time <laughs> I have one, man, I'm like, I'll brush my teeth for fucking 15 times. <laughs> So still, it's still there, still lingering around. I got around. some good cigars for y'all. I'll bring them tomorrow. I'll have you guys check them out. Appreciate yeah. that. So, uh, Derek, give us uh, give us a little update on uh, Valley Farm La Jolla. Valley Farm La Jolla is uh, hoping to be open by the end of the year. We are uh, building right now. We are, I would say, about three quarters of the way done. We got to finish up some, uh, you know, decorations, some flooring, um, get the refrigeration done. But everything's like ran all the pipe, the electrical, uh, mechanicals. Uh, going good and we're hoping to be serving that community here in the next couple months that's fantastic yeah. so we uh we're so grateful that you're out here um chef david rose the fact that we would uh make sure to book you to get back to san diego again i think is a huge testament because derek and i we don't bullshit we're <laughs> we're uh yeah. we're, we're very particular yeah. the people that buy in it's got to be a two-way street yeah. and um you know just the way you carried yourself you know at, at brian's event at the egg fest and um, you know, having Sierra Select and Big Green Egg step up to make it so that you can come and, you know, teach teach tomorrow because so much about barbecue, so much about food, so much about life is, is about teaching. I mean, someone taught you and now you're able to go back and teach. And um, that's one of the things that's always been important to Derek and I. And um, for us, it's, it's just it's just awesome. So we can't thank you enough. Um, we're fired up. We're going to put everything uh, that we talked about on the web on the uh, on the website, and um, we're going to have a bunch of stuff on bet on barbecue, bet on BBQ on social. Can I ask you a question, Sean? Absolutely. Give us some uh, insight on what we're what this new podcast is going to bring. So this new podcast, um, it's really exciting for me. It's kind of uh, the. Uh, and I'll come on whenever you want. You so. will come on. Well, 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 well that's uh, that, that's the pro- that that's my my biggest gift is that I have uh, I have a, a co-host who I've um, been able to do a hundred episodes with, and you know one of the cool things is we've developed such a special relationship with so many people that have listened to the podcast um, that whether they want to open up a business, whether they open up, want to open up a restaurant. Uh, we had people that came out to Cali Comfort um, last night. Yeah. Um, Francie Bakes, uh, she got together an Instagram happy hour with a bunch of people that they've competed in Spring Valley and now they're competing here. 
um, watching people grow and, and really giving back. And I think for me, one of the coolest things is has always been digital marketing yeah. and digital media. Uh, we wouldn't be where we are as a restaurant if we weren't focused on what's happening on the internet. Yeah. And I think, you know, as a business owner, it's for my whole life, it was always location, location, location. Yeah. Um, what I know is it's digital, digital, digital. So no matter where you are, you have to care about digital. You have to care about these things because when I go to a new town, I know that my wife and I, we're going to check Yelp before we go anywhere. We're oh, going to yeah. check Google. We're going to go to Google Maps. And if your business doesn't show up and you don't have sexy photos and you don't have reviews, <laughs> that's Got a fucking that problem. That's that 100%. Board. And if yeah. your Instagram is not out, is outdated, um, you're just missing opportunities. Oh, and you 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 know personally, look at, look, at, take advantage of it? look at how many yeah. how much can, uh, networking you've been able to yeah. do just through your social media. Yeah. People hit you up on DMs about an opportunity yeah. to come to this, you know, this event or that event. And sometimes you know, business, sometimes pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that for another time. There, there you no. go. Slide in. Slide into the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, we're we're definitely fired up, and we're going to keep uh, talking to uh, you know very restaurant specific, but a, a lot of. Uh, you know, things that we talked about in Behind the Smoke, which is people that are in digital media, people that are producing content, um, how you can really have a voice as, yeah. a, as a small business owner. And that's um, utilizing YouTube, utilizing Twitter, utilizing Instagram, um, doing things that will help you build your brand. I you know, every, every, every village has, has a place that, you know, that's your eatery or that's your bar. That place needs to stay in business and they can stay in business and, and also have a competitive advantage if they do, you know, a lot of the stuff that's been taught to us. So we're fired up. This is uh, Bet on Barbecue Weekend. We've got a cook's meeting, Kansas City Barbecue Society. Thank you to Arlie, uh, to Gene, to the McIntoshes, the Alvarez, um, everybody, Bill, JC, Abby, um, the team at Valley Farm, Derek Walls, so many people. Uh, I mean, Derek and I, it's, it's, it's crazy. Four years We've come so far and there's been times this whole weekend where we're looking around and we're like, we should be doing something. <laughs> but our team is so fucking organized yeah. and they've already thought of all these things. And, you know, it's it's taken one of the biggest things for me is trying to step back and just let people thrive. Yeah. And, you know, for Derek and I, we all, we're so hands on that sometimes it's hard to step back. But now that, now when we do, you look back and now we're looking over all these teams that have loaded in, you know, mm -hmm. we've got the US Foods trailer, we've got the judges tent set up, and you know, our, our team is, they're, they're shining. They're That's shining like it. they do. That's what yeah. they do. So, right on, a special thanks to Blue Vision um, Entertainment, our new videographers. Uh, we're gonna put links to what they do and how they can help your business, and uh, that's it till next week. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me so much. I'm ready to rock and roll for my first annual, first boom turf and surf that's what we're barbecue. Talking about. Fourth? Fourth. fourth, fourth annual. Yeah. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you for listening and learning with digital hospitality. This week's episode was brought to you by Big Green Egg, Sierra Select Distributors, and Hot Sauces and More. Three companies that work together to bring Big Green Egg Grills to your home. Every week we do a trivia question. This week, what type of vehicle does Chef David Rose love to drive? Email your answer or any questions you have about the show, or if you'd like to sponsor us, to podcast at calibbq.media. And be sure to tune in next week to our episode with Solomon Leaders 2.0,
Howard and Deborah Solomon share their incredible story of how they built a restaurant consulting business that is optimized for digital, optimized for video, and how they took their experience working at Hard Rock Cafe, working with Sam the Cooking Guy, and multiple other successful brands, and how they're giving back to the hospitality community. Can't wait to share that episode with you next week. Thank you.